What is Crack-a-Lackin' Hardwood Knox listeners? I am Dan Valley coming at you once more without my fantabulous co-host, Adam Prommel. It is time to wrap up our NBA Team Look Ahead series, the 30th and final team, the Miami Heat. I have brought on Alana Tuhauer from Five Reasons Sports. She is a podcast host um, over there. She's a co-host of the Feel the Heat podcast, does a fantastic job with that. Follow her on Twitter at Alana Tuhauer. That's at A-L-L-A-N-A-T-A-C-H-A-U-E-R. We have a great conversation about all things Miami. She almost sold me on them wasting a roster spot, emphasis on wasting. Um, on Udonis Haslam. But before we get started, just want to remind, implore, beg, continue pleading with everyone to keep rating, reviewing, and subscribing to Hardware Knox wherever you get your podcast. That is the best way to help us out in the charts. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while and have not done that on iTunes, especially whether or not you use iTunes, we ask that you head over to iTunes, search Hardware Knox, throw us that five-star rating, and also write a review. Those help us out a shit ton. If this is your first time listening to the podcast because you're a huge Miami Heat fan or just curious about the Miami Heat or you've stumbled upon us completely, utterly, randomly without a cause, welcome. Consider throwing us that permanent subscription. We cover the entire NBA at large and are pleasantly sub-mediocre and only modestly insufferable about it. Follow us on Twitter at Hardwood Knox. Follow us on YouTube. Go to youtube.com, search Hardwood Knox. We come up. The team lookaheads for all the other squads, 29 aside from the Heat are up there as well. In addition to our landing page at NBA math, follow us on Instagram at hardwood underscore Knox with all of the housekeeping notes out of the way. Let's talk some Miami heat with five reasons. Sports is Alana to Alana. Thank you so much for jumping on the hardwood Knox podcast to talk some Miami heat with me. This is the final team look ahead that we're doing the 30th team. Um, they were debuting on Wednesday this week. So I thought they were one of the teams I could leave for last. I'm excited to dig into the Miami heat. First and foremost, though, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, and I love that you save this for last, like saving the best for last. I feel like you're you're bringing good vibes already to the Miami Heat. Anyways, look, you've never appeared on this podcast before, too. So we just had to make sure that like we bookended it with a first time appearance. And the Heat, I think, are going to be like the team that pisses off opponents the most of any other team. Yet just looking at their projected starting five. So uh, it just feels like a fitting ending to this. And there, there's like when I was going through the outline to send you, I feel like I didn't have enough interesting questions, but the team itself, because there's so many known quantities on it, but the team itself is just polarizing as hell. Which honestly is so on brand for me as a human being. Like, I feel like I'm a very acquired taste. So the fact that now the Miami Heat have the roster they do, and it's just a bunch of dogs. Like, I'm, I'm just so excited for the season to start. Uh, what have been, we have to start here, Kyle Lowry, which was somehow they got the deal done like two seconds into free agency. That's really quick work without having to agree to anything beforehand. Um, that has been in like the ether for months. It's funny how that was just such a given that he was going to Miami. Mm -hmm. What have been your impressions of his fit so far? And even just looking beyond that, like what is just the biggest element or addition that he's going to bring that Goran Dragic did not for them aside from probably being available for more games. So I am a huge Goron fan and it broke my heart. Um, I really thought that there was going to be some way we could work out to keep them both. I understand why they couldn't. Um, and I obviously wish him the best. I will say, I still think Goron retires as a member of the Miami heat, even if it's just a one-year contract down the line. Um, but there's no question that, you know, Kyle brings something way more to the table and it might not even be X's and O's, although I do think a little bit of that, but just for this particular team and the fit of the guys around him, 
he is a godsend to Bam already, I think. And again, I don't like to make judgments off preseason. I don't think they're necessarily super indicative of what's to come. But I think what we've seen already, his passing alone is crazy. Like I've started just calling him quarterback Kyle because I think it's insane. His vision is there. Um, I just think he's looking to not only be obviously a scorer, but make other guys better. And I think it's really going to help Bam to Jimmy as well. He's like, and I don't know, like I, I said before we recorded this, I haven't watched like whole preseason games. So I don't know if they're using him like this. He's very good connective tissue. Like Kyle Lowry will screen without the ball on offense as a guard, which is just absurd. And I think I even saw the making it the rounds on Twitter. Um, he fans being impressed. Like he's just going to, he's going to shoot above the break threes in transition. Like Kyle Lowry is just going to do that. So his, per, and his personality just mixed with mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler's personality with also cut with PJ Tucker's personality. Um, that is going to be eminently watchable, uh, I guess, for fans who are like of not the other team. If you're playing the Heat, I feel like that's the team that you probably don't want to play this season. Yeah. And the thing is, I think Goran's really tough and I do feel like he fit the culture very well in a different way, but I don't think he was as outspoken in the sense of, you know, now Jimmy has kind of a partner in crime. If Jimmy's barking at someone, Kyle's going to be there barking at him too. And honestly, I don't think anyone but Kyle would bark at Jimmy. And sometimes Jimmy might need that this season. So I do think, you know, from a fit standpoint, even off the court, um, he's a really great addition. I think he can do a little bit of everything. I also think just the way he's built defensively, he's going to give us a little bit more too. Um, he's up there in age, kind of like Goran, but Goran's had some health issues that unfortunately have really hindered him. Uh, I think, you know, him dealing with his back spasms, he was not as explosive. And I don't think that Kyle um, hopefully is going to deal with anything like that. So I just think his physicality is going to be huge for us too. Lowry got like half a year off too last season because the Raptors mm-hmm. just decided they weren't going to try to win games. So, so maybe that helps. Did you like the, I forgot to ask you this in the outline, did you like the PJ Tucker edition? Are you at all worried about kind of how much he gives back on offense in the regular season? Because he's so low volume, just so low volume. I am so excited for PJ and I might be the only person in Heat Nation that feels this way. Um, I definitely see his shortcomings and I think he has some work to do. But just his aggressiveness, um, he automatically bought into the culture, which obviously is huge for us. Uh, I think he fits our identity really well. And I just think that he is going to do more than people think. Um, He's coming off of a championship. I think he has a chip on his shoulder now to kind of stay at that level that he was playing at. Um, He still needs, obviously, time to get in a little bit better of shape. PJ is going to be PJ at the end of the day. You know, he he's built a specific way, but I think he has some work to do that way. Um, but I think he's going to be a better shooter than people are giving him credit for too. Yeah. I mean, and he can knock them down. I'm just, maybe Jimmy can get him to take more. Like he just, he doesn't take enough shots even when mm-hmm. he's open. Uh, the one thing I'm curious about with them, and I know I actually got the rotation later on, uh, just looking at who's behind Bam Adebayo, is there a chance that we do see some PJ Tucker at the four in Miami since there's really like only Dwayne Dedman kind of vying for those minutes? Yeah, um, I'm curious to see what happens there. I have been a little bit critical, like openly so of Spo over the years, just because I think his rotation, sometimes he gets tunnel vision and he doesn't necessarily adjust based on um, the opponent, but even on what's happening in the game, I think that that could be kind of a secret weapon he could use, obviously, depending on how we're doing and who we're up against. Um, There's also the possibility that, you know, Deadman does not necessarily have as much energy. Uh, He's a little bit older. And also I just think because of his size, he can't necessarily last as long. Whereas PJ seems a little built more built for that kind of role. Um, So I don't know. It is going to be interesting to see. I think that's kind of the hole that they need to figure out how to fill. 
um, bam, their actual starting center. Mm-hmm. When you look at kind of how old they skew now, like he becomes even more important because of what he means like now into the, like he is the he's the swing star. They have three stars, but like he's the star that you look at and you can envision getting better still. What does the next, you know, he sprinkled in more mid-rangers last year. We know what he can do as a passer. We know his value on defense. What does sort of the next level look like for him? You know, I waver on kind of what I want from Bam in terms of specifically him taking more threes. I think a lot of people, that's what they're gutting for from him this season. And it'd be great. Um, I don't think that's something he should limit himself on. But for me personally, I just want him to look at himself more as the primary scorer. Um, It's not to say that I think he's going to be every game or he even needs to be, but I think part of his problem is that he at least last season didn't necessarily feel like the guy and he needs to feel like that because to your point, his age makes him kind of the cornerstone now of this franchise. We are on Jimmy's timeline, but Bam is kind of what we're going towards the future in. Um, I think though he's coming in with that gold medal and I think already having Kyle on the team is going to help his mentality that way. So I just want to see him be more aggressive and really just take ownership of the fact that he is the guy on the team. I 100% agree with you. I might, it'd be, as you put it, it'd be nice if he started shooting threes, but I just want to see him be more aggressive looking for his own scoring in general. I would, look, if you want someone on this team to take more threes, I'd rather Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. took more threes than Bam Adebayo at this point. Yeah, and you know, this was an argument that we were having, um, I think over on Clutch Corner a few weeks back because everyone was expecting Bam to take more threes, but then, you know, people were like, well, what about Jimmy? And that is a good question. It's never been Jimmy's game necessarily, but I think that if they both work on it, they can balance each other out. Um, however, you know, in terms of three-point shooting, we have Duncan, PJ's there now. Um, even Tyler, I think, is going to focus on that too. So I don't necessarily need Bam to put all his stock in becoming a more of a three-point threat. I just want him to be more aggressive across the board. Jimmy Butler is coming off such a bizarre season because I think you look at it, what he did, it might have been the best season of his career. It was probably one of the top two seasons of his career mm-hmm. if it wasn't the absolute best. Do you worry about drop-off at all, though, at the age of 32? And I kind of mentioned it's not even just about the volume of threes. He's just not been that good of a jump shooter in Miami. There was in the bubble, like he had that stretch in the postseason where he was knocking down th- like just everything, but like he really just hasn't been a good jump shooter. And while that's, you know, he has the rim pressure, he gets to the line, all the facilitating that he does. It just feels like if you're going to be a power wing in this league, um, it'd be nice if those fell at a higher clip or if you were more confident in him being able to take more of those jumpers. And I'm even curious as to like, what is the reason that, threes became like such a tertiary part of his game in Miami. Like you said, they've never been the crux. Like there's been a very clear like decline in those attempts since he arrived to the heat. Yeah. um, I personally am not worried about drop off. I think Jimmy was absolutely exhausted going into this past year. Um, I think that between obviously being in the bubble and then not really having much of an off season, then going into what I'm still going to call an asterisk year for the rest of time. And I don't care who tries to oppose me on this, but also we have to remember he had COVID and I don't think that's talked about enough. Um, I know there were some reports that came out that he lost a bunch of weight. He said he didn't lose that much, but the muscle mass wasn't there uh, when he came back. And I just think that it slowed him down. So I'm not really worried about that. I will say in terms of kind of what his game has looked like, I think it's definitely going to change up a little bit this season, just with all the new additions. I think the fact that, you know, he now has Kyle and that again, hopefully Bam's going to be more aggressive. I think his game is going to look more like kind of peak Jimmy. Um, And, you know, if he can give us anything close to what he looked like in the bubble during those two, three games where he was just kind of shooting lights out and taking, you know, the the bearing of the, the weight of the team on his back, I think we'll be in good shape. 
the perception of Tyler Hero definitely veered like too far from reality. I think a lot of it had to do with that report um, that the Heat wouldn't include him in James Harden trade packages. My theory there, as our listeners know, is that the Heat had no real pathway to getting James Harden in the first place. So why not just leak that you're not willing to give up Tyler Hero so that Tyler Hero doesn't think you're willing to give him up? He like didn't, as the year went on, I think he got some valuable point guard reps under his belt. Um, his pull-up three got better later in the season after the All-Star break. Um, he finished better around the basket. There still seems like there's a, a potentially really good player in there. I'm wondering if his life gets so much easier with Kyle Lowry here now, too. I'm just curious what your expectations are for him leading into to year three and what this team actually needs from him looking at how the rest of the roster is built. Yeah, it's funny that you use the word expectation because to be honest, I think that was his downfall. I just think that Heat fans expected way too much of him. Um, he looked tremendous in the bubble. But again, the bubble was very well suited for the Miami Heat. Um, it's kind of, I honestly think that if any team benefited from the bubble the most, it, it was Miami. Um, and so I think between the expectation and just, he's a polarizing figure, whether it be just because of, you know, I don't know, he's very confident in himself. He has a certain swag to him. He obviously had, you know, deals off the court too. People just didn't really like him. And I think that got to his head. Uh, and I think to your point, if you look at the raw numbers, he actually didn't have that bad of a season. It's just based on the expectation and the fact that he was not very consistent. Um, you know, he's been killing it in preseason. I think the last game he had like 30 some points. I don't expect that from him. I'm looking at probably 16 to 18 points a game. And I actually think that would be more than enough. Um, I'm looking for you know, him to bring a spark off the bench and kind of re-energize that second unit. And, and I know we're going to get to this later. I actually think that he should probably be in, in those closing minutes um, because there's just something about him. He has that clutch gene. He lives for those big moments on the court. So I just want consistency from him. I want, you know, more threes and I want the confidence back because that was also lost. I think around the trade deadline when he was starting to get, you know, mentioned in trade packages across the league. Who do you, if, if he's coming off the bench, how do you sort of envision that second unit shaking out in the sense that I can't imagine, like, like the Heat are going to stagger their stars. So mm -hmm. which star is he going to end up spending the, the most time alongside? I hope it's Lowry. Uh, I think that would be tremendous for him. I also think a lot of it is contingent on, you know, how Depot looks when he gets back. I think everyone can agree that he's definitely the X factor this year. Um, not only in terms of the timeline of his return, but what he's able to do once he does come back. Um, I also think it's going to be interesting to see Tyler kind of take maybe Duncan's spot in kind of those closing minutes. Duncan is a tremendous shooter. Um, and I think that he also has the ability to remain calm, but there's just something about Tyler that again, he just lives for those bigger moments. And I'd actually rather him close out games. I think, also, just um, the method with which he attacks, like Duncan Robinson, just he had one wild play in the preseason where he put like the hit like this off the dribble jumper, whatever he did. Mm -hmm. um, but Tyler Hero is going to put the ball on the floor a lot mm -hmm. more, and that just puts a different kind of pressure on defenses where like Robinson's very much the threat of his range and just his movement. So I that would that's going to be an interesting decision for them because that you did pay Duncan Robinson, so he's not going to be in your closing unit. Unit you did mention Victor Oladipo though. I feel like it's not talked about enough. Um, because it's been years since he's the player that everyone, since he made all NBA, I think it was like four seasons ago, mm -hmm. 2017, 2018, whatever it was at this point, he just might be like one of the biggest swing factors in the entire league at this point, because you look at the heat's roster and it's good at the top. Maybe you don't feel as good about it at the bottom, but if all of a sudden, like you get 60, 65% of the player that Victor Oladipo was, if he gets healthy, like this team 
just gets infinitely better because of the pressure he puts on defenses off the dribble, the way he can defend. And so do you have a sense of, it does seem like the expectation is that he'll play this season. And then what is kind of like the ideal role for him looking at the rest of the roster, assuming he does return this season? Yeah, the timeline um, is still up in the air. I think originally they had said January, then I saw November. I'm going to guess maybe December, um, but this is coming from no information. I That is wild that this is swung by it the, because there were people mm-hmm. that think he was going to play it all this season. And then it was like, well, maybe January. Well, maybe it'll be before. Like, that is just like, that timeline is all over the place. Yeah, and you know, what I was going to say was that whatever – Whatever the case may be when he comes back, I just hope that it's a slow roll uh, because my fear is that, you know, everyone's going to be so excited that he comes back. He is kind of an X factor for the team. They want to get him acclimated in there to just see kind of what they're working with as we get closer to the trade deadline. But I just hope that they understand that, you know, he's not going to be himself coming in. He himself is not going to be himself, but on top of it, you know, it is kind of a new squad and he only, I think played four games for us last season. So we didn't really get a lot of reps with the guys anyway. Um, I hope he's coming off the bench and I hope it's limited minutes for quite some time, because again, we don't really need him till the later half of the season. Um, I'm excited to see what he does. I think that I would stick him probably in the second unit, um, but maybe that's just because I'm cautious on him. I mean, they started him coming back. Like, and it's even, who do you bounce? Because it might be easier to bounce Tyler uh, Robinson for Tyler hero, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to pull Tyler hero for Oladipo when he's like even more of a questionable shooter and hasn't played basketball at like, a super high level or at full bore and roughly forever. Yeah. And I think also, you know, just judging from preseason, the pace has picked up so much for us that, you know, do you really want to put a guy coming off injury and throw him into that? I just think there being cautious is going to be key here. And I fully obviously trust the Miami doctors and kind of the medical staff that way. Um, but I'm excited for him to come back. We got him for so cheap too, that it's kind of, it's worth the trouble. Yeah, they were smart from a team perspective with the way they were able to keep his bird right. So like if he does mm-hmm. have a breakout year, it's going to cost a ton of money. They have the option of still paying him. Uh, I did find it. You mentioned the pace that the team is playing. You know that it's like frantic when Jimmy Butler says it's hard to play at Kyle Lowry's pace. Mm-hmm. Like one, I think that was my favorite preseason quote, quote related to the actual game because for Jimmy Butler, of all people to say that is just absolutely amazing. Yeah, um, I, you know... I don't necessarily consider us um, slow by any means, but there were moments and we, we tend to kind of go off of what the opponent is doing. And I I hate that. Um, I hope that's something that changes. I remember, I think at some point last season we were playing the Pacers and I almost couldn't watch it. Like I just, it was so slow and it was just the dullest game. Um, But I think we're going to be across the board just quicker. um, And I hope that Kyle pushes the pace regardless of who we're playing. And yeah, look, he's so Miami was 13th last year in the percentage of their possessions that were finished in transition. Lowey was running the team that was number one in mm-hmm. Toronto. It's like he's very much going to force them to get up and down the floor. And that, you know, that's entertaining to watch. I also think it's it's variance in the way that you play. And I think that that's super important. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it might be a little bit troublesome when you think of some of the older guys or the guys who ne- who don't necessarily, you know, have that explosiveness. But for Bam, that shouldn't be a problem. And Duncan and Tyler, I think, is, are definitely going to benefit from that, too. Who is going to be more important to this team this season, Max Struess or Gabe Vincent? Oh, um, I'm going with Struess, and it's not anything against Vincent. I think people are really down on Gabe, and I don't really understand why. Um, I don't think we saw enough from him last year to really make kind of um, an assumption of how he's going to be this year. I also think he looked pretty good during the Olympics. Um, but... 
I understand why, you know, if you're going from Kyle to him, it is quite a jump. And that's why I think the second unit is really gonna, you know, be led by Depot and by Tyler. Um, Max Struess, though, looks a lot better already. I think he stayed in game shape. He led the team so well in summer league. Um, I think he bulked up. I think that's going to help him on both ends of the floor. And I just think he's going to get more reps in. So all I need from him is honestly consistency because I think he didn't really have a chance to find his rhythm. He hit some wild shots in summer league and was defending his butt off too. Mm-hmm. It's like, if that's just how he's going to play, that would be, that'd be my pick as well. Although I guess you can consider like Tyler hero, the backup point guard, but like there's really no one else aside from him and Gabe Vincent to fill that role too. Yeah. And I think that, you know, they are so different. Um, You know, Gabe came out and said that he just wants to be a a traditional point guard. He's, you know, he's going to put up buckets, but he's mostly looking to facilitate, which I actually think is a smart move um, because I think if people were worried about his shooting, the fact that he's not necessarily relying on himself um, to make that happen for the second unit is is super important. And I think getting Tyler the ball as much as possible is going to be key. The before Victor Oladipo comes back, it feels like there are just seven givens in their rotation with Lowry, Butler, Duncan, Tucker, Bam, Hero, and then Deadman. How do you see like those, you know, maybe they run deeper than 10, maybe they don't even run 10, but like, how would you, the final three guys in their top 10 rotation, how would you see that shaking out prior to Victor Oladipo's return? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you probably have to put Struess in there. Um, I... I feel like Caleb Martin and Keefe are going to be the two question marks for me um, because I think we saw some of what they can do uh, in the preseason, but I don't think it was enough. I also just don't, again, I don't like to rely on preseason because those rotations and those lineups are not indicative of what's to come. Uh, Jimmy didn't play some of the games. Kyle was sitting at some point. I think Caleb Martin though, already is showing promise. Um, and I think that, I know people are worried about Keith. I just think he needs more time to kind of learn our system and honestly work on himself a little bit more in the gym. He's coming off an injury last season. So I would say probably those three. The fact that you mentioned Markeith Morris, um, the fact that you mentioned Martin, it begs the question, should we be concerned about this team's depth after its top six or, or seven players? Um, yes and no. So I think there's still room for improvement. Absolutely. But I don't think that we should be as concerned as maybe name recognition says. Um, again, I know it's preseason, but the fact that our G league team pulled off that win against the Hornets, they are now, you know, signed some of them to two ways. Some of them went to the G league, um, to kind of work on their game. But if we were able to do that and we have guys still like yurt, I think we'll be okay. I do still hope we make a move or two at the trade deadline um, after we, I guess, kind of figure out how things are looking and also what Depot is kind of going to bring to the table. But, um, you know, I don't think that we need to be as worried as maybe I would have been going in, you know, going into the summer. Who do you view since you brought it up as the right now, the player that would be most likely to be traded by the deadline on this roster? That's a good question. Um, I, you know, if we were going into before preseason, I would have still said Tyler um, because I just think that he was on shaky ground. We weren't sure what they were going to get out of him, but he put in the work. Everyone is praising him, including Jimmy again. Um, So I don't really know. I think that if we were to make a move, I have a feeling it's going to be a smaller move and maybe moving some of our, you know, more low key pieces. Um, PJ's contract is pretty hefty. So that's going to be hard if people do want him gone. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, but I kind of hope it's not Tyler at this point. I just want him to flourish here. 
What's interesting, they seem very much like a team that will probably make their most substantial moves on the buyout market because their seventh highest paid player is Casey Akpala at $1.8 million. And so you get into the issue of what are you matching salary with at that point? You're not trading Lowry, you're not trading Mm -hmm. Bam, and you're not trading Butler. Are you willing to move Tucker? Are you willing to move Duncan Robinson at that point? If you want to make a big move, I think clearly Hero is just like, that is the sweetener that you have. Like that is the cornerstone type um, trade asset which is why I just don't expect them to be. They're normally like the Pat Riley teams are always aggressive. It feels like mm-hmm. leading into the trade deadline. You saw that with, you know, they didn't give up much to get Victor Oladipo, but they swung at Victor Oladipo mm-hmm. at all this past year. I just don't know if that opportunity is going to be there this season because of the way that their, their books are structured. It feels very much like they're going to have to bank on like the buyout market yielding someone or, or a couple of someone's, you know, what's really sad. And I hate that I just did this, but I forgot KZ was on the team. Um, I didn't even mention mention him in the trade how, packages. I didn't mention him in the roster. How I many just, second rounders did they give up to draft him? 12, 13? Like what? I, <laughs> it just, it hurts me because he seems like a really good kid and he does seem like someone who is trying. Uh, nothing infuriates me more than, you know, a player who kind of gives up on himself and his team a la Ben Simmons, but it's just not working. I think that both sides need to change. I think, you know, KZ will be much better off somewhere else. If you even look at what Precious has done so far in Toronto, it's a better fit. And he was not looking good for us. So I hope we can find a way to move him. Um, And it's nothing against him. I just, I want him to develop more. And I just, I don't want him to take up a spot on our roster anymore. Uh, But it's okay that UD takes up a spot and doesn't play? Oh, absolutely. UD has a spot for as long as he wants. That man is a staple and he's not, to me, it's crazy that people are like, we're taking up a roster. Like he, the, he does more for this team probably than a lot of the coaching staff at this point, just because he's been ingrained in that culture for so long. Then put him on the coaching staff. I can't, uh, the, the- but he doesn't want to be a coach, which I don't really, I, that's the part I don't really get. You're already coaching the guys you're barely playing, like may as well make the transition. Just, yeah, hire him as a coach and let him wear warm-ups instead of, like, right. whatever, whatever coaching office there. I'm very much don't, you know, if you want to trade a KZ, don't want him on the roster, fine. But, like, there's clearly someone who doesn't belong on any you're, NBA roster. I think you're honestly. only the second person I've heard say this. What? That you'd rather, like, not UD have a spot on a roster. That I th- Really? I thought that would just be, like, the sweeping. T- like, I get, I get there's value in, like, the emotional... Mm-hmm. Um, aspect that he can bring to a team you don't need to be taking up a roster spot to do that I wonder though for them if like they don't if they're just kind of looking at it more as if he goes part of the culture dies because he is that like the last remaining from like the old school mentality and I think Riley really does value that so I don't I don't know every year people are like oh this is the year and then UD's like no it's not I'm still around so I I'm fine with it stay as long as you want good let me make clear good for UD I just, I don't think it's the smartest like franchise decision. I don't think it's crippling, but if we're sitting here talking about like, you know, should KZ be on the roster? I think it's fair to be like, well, should UD then be on the roster? But But then you don't have culture moments. Like when you have Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler and PJ Tucker. Yeah, but he put his finger in Dwight Howard's face and I now have that on a t-shirt. Like I can't not have that t-shirt. That's the most convincing argument that I've heard yet to keep him on the roster. So there there you go. Uh, Their defense should just be flames. I don't like, I don't even, even during, I don't view them as like this and we'll get into this a little bit. I don't view them as like this super dangerous regular season team because they're very much built for the playoffs. And I think they'll care about let's get in the top six, avoid the play in, but I don't think they're going to go full ball after your home court advantage. That being said, 
even with me thinking that, I feel like their defense is going to be absolutely spectacular. Where do you think they sort of wind up ranking in the context of the rest of the league? It better be top five. I mean, wow. from from what I see. I mean, I I somewhat agree with you on the playoff stand, although because they have a chip on their shoulder, I kind of feel like they want to dominate the regular season and the playoffs, if that's possible. Like, I feel like they're just going to shoot for the stars, but we better be top five because if there's anything besides the fact that our identity is so tough uh, coming out of this roster, it is our defense. And top five is just, I guess I'm like sort of thinking like, are they going to play Kyle Lowry all the time, play PJ Tucker all the time? And then I guess I would be just more concerned, like what does the second unit defense kind of look like when you're playing a bunch of those guys? Deadman was fine for them last year, but we're like two, three seasons removed from Dwayne Deadman being really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, I still think their like floor is 10th. I'm just like, I landed, I landed, I think at seventh or eighth when I went through it. I think I might've just been being too conservative about who I think is going to play during the regular season or how much they care about it. I think Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry are just wired to care if they're going to play. Um, I'm just curious, like, it's tough for me to get a feel for how committed to the regular season this team is going to be. And if they are going after it, I'm just going to be in the back of my mind, a little terrified. Like is Tucker or Lowry or Butler just going to be too tired when the games start to matter even more. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. Um, I also think that again, because we are pretty revamped, it's going to be kind of a combination of all these new guys coming, coming together with their own personal chips. But I think the chip is there on literally every guy's shoulder. I think Tyler wants to prove himself too, which I think is going to be huge. Um, so I'm just going to go, go all in and say top five. I'm not, I'm not even usually the girl with like these crazy hot takes. Like I'm usually pretty realistic, but like, I'm just going to aim for the stars on this one. Well, I mean, you could tell me they finished first in deep. Like that wouldn't shock me just based on their personnel. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I am curious to see, like, are they going to just given the defenders they have now, like, are they still going to be running all this zone? Um, maybe that's a way to like sort of conserve their energy. And I know mm-hmm. Spo kind of loves that, but um, they'll be fascinating. So I, they could be the best defensive team in the league if they want to be. I just don't know if they're going to be incentivized to be. I just, I would not want to face this team if everyone's playing. Mm-hmm. You're on the second night of a back-to-back in January. Maybe you're on the road too and you have to go up against like the Heat starting lineup. That's just like, if I'm a star, I'm dipping from that game. I'm just, <laughs> you know what? I need, I need a rest night. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think that, you know, that's what, type of team Pat Riley wants like this. I've been saying this. I feel like this is the closest to heat identity we've had in a long time. Um, There have been bits and pieces along the way. I think Jimmy's a great culture guy, but I think as a whole, we've kind of lost our identity these past like two, three years. And I think it's fully back now. Does this team have enough shooting? I sure hope so. (laughs) Um, I, What's interesting about this team to me is I don't think that you can pinpoint from one night to the next who is going to be the top scorer. I think there's people who you can probably guess, and there's probably like a running list of three, four guys that are rotating, but I really think they're playing team ball this season, um, which, I mean, is exciting in the fact that, you know, God forbid, but injuries do happen. Guys need rest. I also think that's super helpful from, you know, the position of defenders not really knowing who is going to go off. Um, So... I think if you're looking at it kind of guy by guy, yeah, the shooting might be questionable, but the fact that on any given night, anyone can step up, I think is going to be huge. And I also think that's probably where Kyle Lowry helps out the most is that the heat were, I think they were 22nd in the frequency with which they took above the break threes as a percentage of their Mm -hmm. shots. Um, That is something that he can remedy. I'm just curious, like from a pure, and I, you know, you mentioned it, they could definitely have different leading scorers from night to night, which means that their offense could sort of come through different operations 
But once you get past like Lowry, you have Duncan Robinson, you can probably count on PJ Tucker to hit some corner threes. Um, and then Tyler Hero's fine. Um, it almost feels like they need like another player, like whether it's Max Struess or is this the year that wasn't Gabe Vincent like you know here for his shooting in the first place? Like maybe this is the year that comes together for him. It feels like they need another player to sort of pop from three point range to to really maximize their offense because, and I guess that'd be my next question is like. I don't, there's a pathway to this team being like a top 10 or 12 offensive team, but I kind of expect them to be more like, even as good as they are, like in that 15 to 20 range, because I'm so iffy on like their general rotations floor mm-hmm. spacing, maybe not of the best lineups, but just the rotation at large. Yeah. Um, I think that definitely is a concern, but for me, it's actually more so of a concern of how Spo utilizes guys. And I, I'm not trying to criticize him. He's an elite coach. He's done a great job. I actually think that he didn't get enough credit during the big three era. Um, but just lately it's like he has tunnel vision and he can't pivot and it drives me nuts. I think it's going to be Max Drusso. I think to your point, someone else needs to step up. Um, I, I am more willing to bet that Max gets more minutes and he, he has a higher kind of, um, volume shooting year than Gabe, especially after Gabe's comments of not, you know, necessarily wanting to be looked at as a shooter, but more so a traditional point guard. Um, Maybe, you know, that is the one thing that we're missing at the trade deadline is not necessarily a big name, but kind of an undiscovered star who can just empty the clip when we need him to. Uh, yeah, look, I will. I'm going to I'm going to sound an alarm every time Max Struess hits an off the dribble three pointer, because I think he's going to take <laughs> he took like seven or something of them last year. I think I'm going to smash the over on that, uh, mm-hmm. assuming he gets minutes, which I like you think that he will. So whether it's harping on a specific position or just skill set, what is this team's overall biggest weakness? I would probably say rebounding. And I think that um, it's not going to be hopefully as bad as people think it is, but I do think it's something to keep in mind. Um, I just think that some guys are going to have to step out of their comfort zone a little bit and help on that side a little more. Hopefully though, if Bam is more aggressive, that can definitely help out. I think um, even Lowry's defense is better. I think Tyler's going to be more helpful in that arena too. Um, But I am just a little bit concerned about her size because, you know, if you're thinking about going against the Bucks, I don't really see what, what we've done to change that except for, you know, maybe adding PJ. Um, I think that we're definitely going to struggle against guys like Giannis and teams like the Bucks, but I hopefully don't think it's going to be as bad as kind of I'm feeling. Yeah. The, I think the rebounding is a really fair concern. Um, if it's any consolation, Kyle Lowry has, has only ranked lower than the 70th, 70th percentile as a defensive rebounder at his position once in his career. So I think he wants to get the ball, get out and mm-hmm. go. And PJ Tucker will at least box out, which right. is probably like a novelty for a heat forward at this point. So maybe that helps, but that's a fair, like you, Bam has never been like that dominant guy on the glass. Mm-hmm. And even though he's a true big, like he's not big, was he six, nine, like in shoes. Right. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think some people will harp on their lack of shot blocking, at least on paper. I just, when you look at the way that Spo likes to defend and then just the type of the defenders that they have, I can't bring myself to care about the number of blocks that they yeah, do. Yeah, that's just not something. I mean, what are we back in the Hassan Whiteside days where he's like <laughs> trying to lead? I mean, it's just, and listen, I I actually, I think Hassan's fun. I think he's just an overgrown child. I think people expected too much of him. He is who he is. But like, I don't think we necessarily need to like be top five or even even top 10 really in blocks. That's just not the game that we're playing. Yeah, the Hassan Whiteside felt a little entitled at one point. That rubbed me the wrong way. But yeah. as, as soon as you sign that contract, 
if you don't play the way that like people expect you to, like everyone just views you differently. And I'm with like his, um, uh, not so much anymore, but like his Snapchats were like a breath of fresh air. For they a really were hilarious. Time. He yeah. was my favorite Snap follow, honestly, probably of all time. Like I don't know if anyone ranks higher. Maybe Benny the Bull, because they were they were doing some good things with that campaign. But like for a while there, Hassan just yeah he took he took the leaderboard on that one and like. I don't, I just, he is who he is. I think the money definitely played a big part of it, but like, that's good for him. Like anyone's going to want to get paid. Oh, I very pro players getting paid. I just, if teams are stupid, like team, and I don't even know that that was stupid. What he did, like he played really well. It just mm-hmm. felt like, I, I don't know. We shouldn't go through that heat era. They made a bunch of questionable decisions then, but yeah. his Snapchat was, I, I never really used Snapchat, but it would always pop up. Like mm-hmm. people would record it. Didn't he announce that he like re-signed with the Heat via Snapchat too? Wasn't that something? Yeah, yeah. And he he's just known for misspelling everything. He had like a whole thing of koi fish in his house. Like he he would record what his chef was cooking. It was just like a day in the life every day of Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, and it was like, look, I couldn't stand Dwight Howard basically even at his peak. And like I always found Hassan yep. Whiteside at least tolerable off the court. And look, now that he's on a minimum deal on a really good team, I bet you there's like in Hassan Whiteside appreciation resurgence because he's Rudy Gobert's backup and that team will probably be really good when he's when Hassan Whiteside's on the court. Um, not a Hassan Whiteside podcast, uh, apparently, though. That's what I'm being told <laughs> at the moment. Uh, so you already mentioned the crunch time lineup and it is to some extent or maybe to a huge extent matchup dependent for this team. But if you had to pick a go-to crunch time lineup, what would it be? Um, I really just think it's our starters plus Tyler. So I have, you know, Kyle... Jimmy, Bam, Tyler, and see, I don't, I'm going with PJ personally, just because of his defense, just because he has that championship experience. Now, I I think I believe more in PJ than anyone else. uh, And maybe it's foolish and I might change my mind a week into the season. Um, But that's what I see happening. I, to your point, do hope though, that it's dependent on not only the matchup, um, but how things are going for us. I also have to say that I feel like if Duncan is hot and he's kind of on a streak, pulling him might not be the best idea, even if necessarily, I still think Tyler is a better closer. Um, So I think it really depends on how Duncan's looking too. I agree with everything you said. My preference would be that if if Tyler Hero is going to be in the closing lineup, I'd be yanking PJ Tucker over Duncan Robinson. I'm in love with Duncan Robinson. I just can't. Can they coexist though? Cause that's my problem. Like I Tyler and Duncan together make me nervous. Which is fair, but aren't we at the point where like you need to find out if they could coexist and so you can kind of build your future around that? It's like mm-hmm. the Spurs with Derek White and DeShante Murray. It's like these dudes need to play together a bunch at some point. Might as well just make it now. And also, what better way to sort of, in my mind, have both of them in the lineup than if you have Bam, Jimmy, and Kyle Lowry as mm-hmm. like the the three like defensive pieces around them. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, and I do think that in the past, uh, Spo has been kind of hesitant to play certain guys together. I think we saw Precious and Bam on the court once for like three minutes, a whole season. Uh, and that was crazy to me that we didn't try that more either, considering like it was kind of make it or break it for Precious. He was looking awful. So why not at least try? Um, so that is kind of a, a good point, And I do wonder if he's going to do that. Uh, yeah, man. Precious Achua is really gaining momentum in Toronto. I think people have him getting minutes now over Kem Birch as like the backup big once they're fully healthy and like Siakam and Boucher are both on the court, which is compared to what he was on the heat is wild. Like it's sometimes you just need an environment change and that's all it takes. Um, And 
I, you know, this is a cliche, but the culture and the fit and the organization, it's not for everyone. Like sometimes it just doesn't work and guys thrive somewhere else. And that's okay. Again, for me, as long as I'm seeing that you're like showing effort, you did your best. It just, it wasn't a good fit. And I'm happy for him. Um, and I'm also, you know, I'm happy that Goran's there. Cause maybe at least like he has kind of someone who saw his development and, and is there still rooting for him. Is Goran happy he's there though? Absolutely not. Goran wants to get back to Miami as soon as possible. And I'm, I'm telling you, he's going to be back next year. Goran's back. I don't know how it happens, but it's happening. Uh, it's going to be an Andre Godala with the Warriors type situation takes a one or two year sabbatical from, from them. And then his returns. Yep, I could that's, see that. that's what I'm putting I, down. I will say I wouldn't count on him to be in Toronto long-term. That is a franchise that can win him over though, just based off. And they, even when he said he didn't want to be there, they sent him like a swag package. And I think that he's slowly come around. It would not shock me. I think most people expect him to either get bought out or traded. Mm -hmm. um, if I had to pick right now, I would almost expect him to finish the season there. So uh, long-term, totally agree with you. Yeah. I just think Toronto is like a very underrated franchise from the outside that people don't realize the, the lengths to which they go to really like make their players feel at home. No, I agree. And to be honest, if we're really going into this, like Toronto's a great city too. Um, so, and I think for him and his family, that's probably important. I think obviously he wants to be in Dallas. I don't think that's, you know, a secret, um, but I could see him remaining there too. I just, I think he comes back to Miami. I get why he wants to be in Dallas, but knowing that Jason Kidd is the head coach, I have no idea yeah. why he wants to be in Dallas at the yeah. same time. <laughs> is there a and look you kind of spent a good part of this podcast saying that you don't think Spo is creative enough so maybe this is you're Eric Spolster right now you're the head coach of the heat you get to put out any lineup that you want it doesn't need to work it can be chaos but you need to see what happens what is the lineup that you're rolling with I'm just doing like an all dogs lineup so I got like <laughs> Kyle Jimmy uh I don't know do I put Bam in there I don't know if I put Bam in there honestly um PJ's in there, UD's in there. Maybe just throw Deadman in there. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Like that's just like my chaotic lineup. There's something about Deadman that like he came in and instantly clicked. Like it literally took one game and he was like, oh, I'm here. I'm part of this team. I love it here. I'm totally bought in. Um, and I just think that he is so underrated. I know he's not going to give us that much, but just from like a personality and identity standpoint. Um, but if we could just like go all in on a dog's fight it out lineup, like, for sure. So mine was, I basically want four guards plus bam. So Jimmy Butler, <laughs> Oladipo's when he's healthy, Kyle Lowry, and then Tyler hero. That's fair. Let's just see what happens. That lineup, that lineup might be able to do, if Oladipo is healthy, like I don't have a problem with Jimmy Butler having a guard up. Like there's a chance that they're good on both ends of the floor, which I think, and Jimmy Butler's not a guard, but he can play guard. When you build those types of lineups, you normally expect them to be defensive sieves. Mm -hmm. I look at it and I'm like, Oladipo, Lowry, Butler. Oh, no, that still works. Or not? Yeah. No, that that could still definitely work. The pace there would frighten me a little bit for Depot. I just I'm like on edge about Depot constantly, and I feel like every game I watch with him, I'm just going to be sitting there like, please don't get injured. I just think that he's gone through so much. Um, but that would be fun to watch, and I actually think Heat Twitter would love that. The you know the best way to probably preserve Victor Oladipo is to actually make sure he doesn't play with Kyle Lowry, mm -hmm. so that the pace is not there. Um, and this is, you mentioned this before to just really quickly. I think Kyle Lowry, like, is this great culture buffer for them where he brings a levity along with sort of blending that Jimmy Butler 3am mm -hmm. workout mentality. Like he's the middle ground because I know Jimmy Butler, like we've seen clips of him having fun, but he's like, a, I would say a lot more no nonsense than Kyle Lowry where, if, or if, if people don't align with how Jimmy, we saw it in Minnesota, if people don't align with his work ethic, like he's, He's very much not going to mesh with mm -hmm. them. I feel like Kyle Lowry is like sort of that good 
in between. And if anything, that, and I think we've seen whatever the moment was, they're making fun of Markeith Morris dribbling um, like an idiot in transition mm-hmm. the other day. So <laughs> I'm actually, I think that that's, you know, we talk about UD's value off the court. I think that's huge to have Kyle Lowry sort of in that buffer type role for their culture. No, for sure. And I also think, and I, I mentioned that this earlier, but no one's going to tell Jimmy to shut up or stop doing yeah. the most except for Kyle. And Jimmy's never had that. Um, I think even when Jimmy was with, you know, Wade, he respected him and Wade was kind of a mentor, but it still wasn't the same. His men, his just his identity and his personality does not match Kyle's. And I do think to, to, a, to an extent, Kyle is just as, you know, um, kind of like harsh and severe as Jimmy, but Jimmy's crazier and Kyle called him crazy already in a good way. But I do think that Kyle is kind of the guy that could help Jimmy come down a little bit, um, kind of at his peak of maybe rage or disappointment or, you know, um, just not feeling like other guys are up to his his standards because they might not be. Jimmy is one of one and this team can be as hardworking um, as they can, but Jimmy's still going to be a level above. And I do think Kyle is the perfect buffer. This is not a comment on Jimmy Butler, the player off the court. Jimmy Butler, the basketball player is a fucking sociopath. Oh, and I love it. And the coffee, the coffee shop owner, Jimmy Butler's a sociopath too. When you look at the he, prices, that's but. what I'm saying. Like he's absolutely <laughs> one of one. Like there is no other guy on the court or off the court like him in the league. Fun fact. I actually picked this apartment unit because it's his birthday. Like it's nine one four. I'm just, I'm, there's something about Jimmy Butler I'm obsessed with. And I just, I hope he stays in Miami for as long as possible. Or that forever. is talk about being an inspiration, Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. impacting where you're going to live. <laughs> um, this team's over under as we record this is set at 48.5. Would you go over or under on that win total? And where do you see them stacking up in the larger context of the East? I had them at like 48 or 49. So right around there. Um, you said the lines are good, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, again, it's very dependent on Depot. And if we make other moves um, going, okay. So before preseason, I had them sitting at third. And as preseason went on between that and the Kyrie Irving mess, they might take second. I don't have as much faith in Brooklyn right now. Um, I think it's become a circus. I know that they put their foot down about Kyrie not being able to play, which I think was the right move, if only from the perspective of not being in limbo. But I don't know. We were looking good in preseason. There's all that hoopla happening there. I still just am cautiously going to put them third, but I do think they could sneak into second. If you tell me Victor Oladipo plays in let's say 42 games. So more than half the season and looks relatively well. I could see a pathway to them, like cracking the top three. I just, and I've already mentioned the pockets. I just don't see them caring enough. Like I have them probably in like the four five, six range. And I went under um, reluctantly because I do have questions about their depth. And if Mm -hmm. Oladipo doesn't play a ton, that being said, if this team is really invested in the regular season and then stays relatively healthy, I think when you look at teams that could maybe crash the top two of the East, where as of now, I still think it's the bucks and nets are givens. If there's a team that can displace one of them, and my guess would be it's Brooklyn at this point gets displaced, mm-hmm. it's Atlanta or Miami for me. I think like I've, I thought about Boston a little bit, but no. Um, so it, that's a but I just I have a tough time believing that this team is going to be like go 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 all regular season. See, I don't know what it is about Atlanta, and I love Trey Young. Um, and I I just I think a lot of their culture embodies a little bit of the Heat, and I, I think they're a great um, organization. I just feel like they benefited from the asterisk year. And I know people are going to come after me for this and they're going to keep saying like, stop calling it that there's just something about last year. I just don't see them doing as well. Um, I 
think that just like the heat, honestly thrive in the bubble because it was for them. Something about last year just lined the Hawks up better. So I actually, I don't know. I don't think they're going to come close to us. Um, I think if Philly figures it out, I see Philly maybe being in fourth after So you us. don't see Philly being in fourth then because they're definitely not figuring that out. <laughs> I mean, listen, I don't want them to. I can't stand Embiid. I think that organization is dumpster fire at this point. Um, but I think that if by some luck they do, they're going to be in fourth. But I hope it's Atlanta because I'd rather Atlanta than Philly. I think it's okay to call last year an asterisk season, but like the Hawks had so many injuries themselves where Hunter and Reddish and Bogdanovich and Gallo were all like they just all weren't available for at the same time. And they still went that far, which is why I'm so high on them. Um, back to the heat though. Is there anything I did not ask you about that you think needs to be covered for this team? No, I mean, I think this was pretty comprehensive. Um, I'm super excited. I think that uh, we are re-energized. And I think actually, if there is one thing people don't talk enough about, it's the fact that we were exhausted. We were done. We, I think, you know, I don't think these guys ever stop loving the game of basketball, but Jimmy said it himself. This summer, he finally missed the game. I just think that it was too much too soon, um, you know, between all the injuries and, you know, guys having to deal with that, not having an offseason. Guys like Precious and KZ didn't really get the chance to develop because there was no G League and there was no Summer League. Um, I think that is going to be such a huge factor for us that people don't really take into account. So I'm excited. I think they're re-energized and I'm ready. Um, Alana, this was great. Thank you for giving me so much of your time. Are you able to tell our listeners where they can follow you and all the work that you do? Yeah, absolutely. It's just Alana Tahauer on Twitter and Instagram. Um, A-L-L-A-N-A-T-A-C-H-A-U-E-R. Um, I am part of Five Reasons Sports. So right now we have um, me and my co-host Michael Christian have a Feel the Heat episode coming out on Tuesday morning. We record Monday nights um, and then Clutch Corner every Wednesday. So definitely a lot of content coming up um, and it's good to finally talk about a team that's going to do well again. Um, once more, thank you so much for coming on and giving me so much of your time. This, this was a blast and I, I hope to talk to you again down the line. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.